This is Actor Self Coach, the actor's resource for emotional well being. This is your phenomenal life. Know this there's nothing you can't do, there's no problem you can't solve if you learn to manage your mind. So let's go. Hello, and welcome to episode 61. Our memories are interpretive art. Now, I wanted to provide a brief podcast about our memories as actors, not so much in terms of memorization, which is a whole other skill set and topic that we can talk about, but just our memories, our personal memories, because reframing how we see our past, our past performances, our body of work, and as always, our lives themselves can change depending on which workflow lane we are in and what else is going on for us on the day we're having the memory. Now, next week, I'll start the Booked Lane podcast series, much like we did the Ready Lane, which, to review for Booked, is any actor who has a signed offer to work, whether it is for one day next week or for a year in the future to do a tour. All of these options, everything in between those two, are a part of the wide, very wide lane that is the Booked Workflow Lane. So memories. We think of our memories as factual sometimes, don't we? But what many contemporary scientists have discovered is that our memories are really a flow themselves with layers of discovery or shifts in comprehension based on how often we review the memory. And Again, we'll talk about this in another podcast, but even the lines we learn and how we remember them, the the memory we carve out can be based on how we decide to memorize the actual skills we use to learn lines. Now, memories, we can believe reviews, we can believe our memories over someone else's. And I want to ask, how can our memories serve us now? What memories come up again and again and again for you? And why? So one thing that has been determined, and I've been reading an article by a scientist. Now I'm going to try his name as Sharan Ranganath, but I'll spell it C-H-A-R-A-N-R-A-N-G-A-N-A-T-H. So I apologize for my pronunciation. But he was featured in a recent New York Times feature. This is 2024, I'm recording. And he's talking about memories are episodic, and we replay them. But they are interpreted by our brains, even as we watch them. And every time we go back and rewatch that memory, it changes by the very fact that we are going to that memory again. We are retrieving it again, and it will be different. Just as to my mind in theater, the scene we are playing is affected, is altered by the very fact that an audience is watching. We are not immune to those people, what they might be thinking, what they're experiencing, and what we perceive we're getting from them. 
Now, our memories are not pristine archives of the past, so this is an invitation to not dwell on memories in your life that show you or your work as negative, as faulty. This does not mean that we should never reflect on our mistakes. There are plenty of them. We are people. There are plenty of mistakes. Or that we should wipe away all memories of hardship, wrongs, and the unfairness of life as a human. That's not what this is. But reflection should not create feelings of grievance. Right? Now, who would seek that? Some of us do. Some of us humans, we kind of like to feel aggrieved. I think we all know people like that. Their problems are bigger. Their problems continue to dog them. Now, reflection should also not promote feelings of victimhood. Because truly, again, who amongst us finds that a healing process? Staying in victimhood. We want to not deny this history, this happened, this was visited upon us. Those people did these things, but to not stay there, repeating the memory as factual and engraving this mental path further into our current life. Now, understand that any trauma informed memories should be examined with the help of a licensed, trained therapist. But if you were functioning well, while also repeatedly going to that same occurrence or occurrences which were causing thoughts that hurt you, please think about why your brain, the brain, does this. Now, how does this work? Our brains search for a memory and use that to interpret what we are thinking right now That might have some confirmation bias or the gloss of what someone else told us about that moment. Maybe a story that someone has told us that we don't even remember, but it seems like our memory now. That episode, or we might be conveniently forgetting one thing that was said or happened that was unsavory. So each time we retrieve that memory, it gets more or less etched into the scene we watch. Eventually, it might disappear from the story. That is how our brains work. Now imagine if you skip over a page repeatedly in a book and you keep rereading the book, but you skip that one page. Maybe someone ripped it out. Eventually, our brain connects the two pages with its own creative interpretation. We rewrite the memory. We make it make sense. And we can understandably do a lot of rewriting about our careers about our work. And some of that is probably very helpful. It makes us make sense of it or feel good about a period of time or a show we did that was not easy for us. Some of us retrieve a show, a series, a period of time where we were in the ready lane and remember only positive things, valuable lessons learned. And others of us let the negative linger further etched into the patterns our brain loves to find. And most of us humans, we do both. Again, because we are human, that's why we do both. We can't make everything positive or negative because then we stop trusting our memory. That doesn't seem viable, that everything is super great or everything is terrible. We mix it up. But along the way, our brain edits for us. 
We don't remember everything, and what we do recall is created, truly assembled by what actually happened in our perception, combined with what we remembered and changed each time we went to that event in our brain. We could have added layer upon layer of ideas and created something no one else would recognize as the event, even those who were there right along with us. And when we talk about the past, the statements we make out loud become part of the memory. Even if we misstate a fact or talk about the emotion we felt, we cannot really feel again the way we felt then. We can only feel what it is like right now to think about that feeling. It is always a bit removed. Now, people use the phrase relive the memory, but that is not what really happens. We revisit it, and the revisiting itself will be different. We'll make it different. Because our brains along with wanting a pattern to follow, remember conserve energy, wants to protect us, avoid pain, part of that motivational triad. Conserve energy, avoid pain, seek pleasure. Now, unless you were particularly trying to punish yourself by emphasizing a past regrettable act, your brain will soften the edges of much of what we do that is negative. We give ourselves a break right? And it seems our brains like to sharpen the edges of what others do that is negative. So it's just something to remember when you find that you were bothered by a memory. Are you being a little bit harsher on someone else that was a part of it? Remind your higher brain that everything you are recalling is only as valid as your retrieval capacity. We are not machines. We are creating this memory. Remind your brain, your higher brain also, that you are interpreting every single memory. Now, you can think of this as your truth, but it doesn't make it court of law truth. Yours, mine, and ours are creative conjurings. Some are vivid, some are searing and possibly terrifying. Some have a circumstance attached that created thoughts that caused grief, sadness, feelings of deep loss, inequity. And some are equally vivid, but the interpretation of them provides euphoria, joy. You want to settle in there and enjoy that feeling. But here's the fascinating thing. The more work we do, the more we learn and grow, the more tools we have to reinterpret our memories. We edit them as we go along. When we return to a memory, we edit it somehow. And then the next time we remember it, we may keep those edits, and therefore it is changing each time we retrieve it. We are the artists, right, of our pasts. We are painting our lives, not photographing them. And as our primitive survival brain does its job to protect us, even when it goes back in time to look at something that happened, 
It can avert its path from the unpleasant, or it can circle back again and again to it, almost to the point of pain, because it sees this as dangerous and therefore something to watch. We better watch that, our primitive brain thinks, because danger, 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 if we look away. And that can get us into a cycle of fear, of living in fear and making choices in fear. Not where we want to be, right? A negative review, the brain perceives danger, danger. A callback where you you feel demoralized, again, danger. Now, how do we use this information? When we feel fear about something, it might be helpful to think, What is my brain protecting me from? Why is it concerned? Where's that danger? So often, at least for me, the fear is I will feel embarrassed or vulnerable. Now, your brain may well be trying to propel you to take no action because you may be exposed. You may feel a difficult feeling. Danger, danger, danger. Or we may relive memories to provide pleasure. This is a wonderful human ability, and it can also be used against us today, in this moment. If for dopamine, for that feeling of good well-being, of pleasure, we always have to retrieve them from the past because we are not creating them right now, Now, that is when people, former high school athletic stars are the cliche version of this, but they think their best days, their best contributions are behind them. And the more they tell themselves that, the more they prove it's so. Your brain will circle back. Circle back. Remember when we were so good, we were so fine. Remember those days? And it creates that path. Becomes easier to go there easier to go to that memory when things were so good. We had so much pleasure, seeking pleasure. Now, if we have a special circumstance that means our lives are more led by our memories than by action right now, that we have limitations on our movements or what we can do today because of a diagnosis today, or we are simply aging, We turn more and more to memories to relive both sides of this, the good and the ill. And again, our brain serves as its very own streaming service, selecting memories, repainting them, editing to give us what it interprets we need. We don't even know we're doing it. But our brains are so creative. Everything we remember, even from yesterday, or last night's show, or our first remembered birthday is creatively reconstructed. Now, when we watch an actual video that's been unedited, we may believe that is the truth of an event. But even the camera only sees that one vantage point. It misses the essence of everything beside and behind it and Vital to remember misses the feelings of what was going on. 
The capture is factual. It saw or filmed or taped what the lens was directed toward. But the feelings of the moment, the scene, the memory are always interpreted and therefore not factual and always changing. Now, if you accept any of this, any part of what I've been talking about, and again, you should do your own research, but how can we use this knowledge? One way is to stop beating yourself up about anything. Know that pattern you are starting will be woven into your brain and therefore likely to happen again, because that brain loves to know where it's headed. If you are reflectively negative about yourself, your work, or the world, your brain knows exactly where to go to find those memories and reinterpret them to fit your mindset. I am a loser, you think. Your brain will be delighted to provide the service of digging up all the past examples of losing. It knows the way, for sure. If you find yourself doing that, you can just tell yourself, I know this is just one way of remembering this. This is just one possible way. This is not the truth, capital T. This is one story, one interpretation. And that may be enough to take the power it holds away. Or you can rewrite it. You can rewrite the story. What is your brain telling you? And another way, in a positive light, is to allow the warm, fuzzy, lovely memories to help us. We can enjoy that today, that beautiful memory that we have sculpted through reliving it multiple times. But if we start to glorify a moment in the past, to the extent that we always relive it, instead of taking action today in the life we have today, we might be missing some beautiful opportunities to make more wonderful memories right now. Now, we are more than that great show where the audience was adoring. We are more than that amazing review. Yes, that felt great, but we are more than that. We don't need to always go to that moment for edification. We are more than that one mistake, that terrible audition, that unthinking comment. We are richer than the error we thought defined us, that relationship that went sour, that show that closed. We are complex, artistic, seeking souls. We are given this ability to interpret, which we hone in our work. We craft ways to feel feelings in roles that we haven't felt in real life for years or or perhaps ever. We straddle the imaginary and the real, and we interpret. We create. We get solace from that, that song we loved, Memories. We get a feeling of the possible as our brain retrieves and recreates memories from our formative years, usually around junior high on up to about 30. We we felt the big feels then. You might be feeling them now. That might be the age you are now. All those firsts, all those big emotions. Let's use this power. 
let us harness it, not to edit out all our mistakes, not to elevate one great moment to all we will ever achieve, but to paint more paintings. Now here's a a visual that might be useful. We can take a canvas and keep painting over it for years and years and create something gorgeous, something meaningful. And the painting on the top is the one we live with. Everything beneath is covered, and our memory of it will be fluid and less and less reliable. They will, to some extent, be lost. Or we can paint a gallery, a a museum's worth of paintings, and we can step back when we choose to and see how we have lived, how we have grown, the fullness of memory. Now, painting over a memory can be healing, not hiding. We can do both. But sometimes we don't paint over it. We paint next to it. We paint the next in the series. If you draw or paint as a child, imagine that you loved that piece of art, that particular work, that one painting, and your parents put it on the fridge or sent it to grandma, framed it, put it in a book, put it on your wall. Now, at some point, very likely that painting no longer represents you or the work you do or how you feel about your life, but likely you didn't paint over it. You painted another. Now, our memories, your memories, can work the same way. You don't have to cover over, make prettier, a difficult, challenging part of your life. You can always just paint another picture. This is a a gallery of your history. And looking at one painting when you were nine years old and looking at something that happened to you 20 or 30 years ago when you were nine is very, very different. You have the same eyes, but a very different take. (laughs) We can make our memories mean anything we want. This can be quite useful when you're shaping a character. What are the memories of this person? How are they different from the other persons in the scene? How does this memory affect them right now? It can be quite useful. Now, there's no right or wrong. Just just know that you have a choice. I'm talking here about us, not our characters. There's no right or wrong. If your mind keeps going to certain events, ask yourself why. And tell yourself, with love, this is just one interpretation of what happened. Don't let anything in your past prevent you from getting where you want to go. If you are holding on to a memory that is holding you back, know that you absolutely have the power to let it go. Your primitive, protective brain, which we do very much need, is just doing its job, conserving energy, seeking pleasure, and avoiding pain. But here's the thing. Our higher brain, where we create, where we interpret, Our lives knows that sometimes we've got to expend energy to get where we want to be. Sometimes we've got to create the pleasure we want, not just seek it. And sometimes 
we do have to feel the pain. All right, next week, The Booked Lane. Have a great week.